This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. A little light on the voice today, but uh, the show must go on. On this episode of Top Shelf, Princeton Posse defenseman Scott Burgess is in his 20 year. He'll join Emmanuel Sequera. Beaver Valley Nighthawks head coach and general manager Terry Jones hit a milestone last week, 1,100 wins in junior hockey behind the bench. He'll join us to talk about the 22-23 edition of the Nighthawks. Kamloops Storm broadcaster Larry Reed recently talked with KIJHL alumnus Miles Matilla about Mind Right for Athletes. We'll chat with Larry about the recent play of the Storm and hear parts of that interview with Miles. Posse backliner Scott Burgess is next on Top Shelf. Now he's constant. Here's Ward. Ward in front, trying to feed Murray. That's blocked. In front, scored! Scott Burgess will collect his own puck. That is his first KIJHL goal. I'm joined by Scott Burgess, defenseman for the Princeton Posse on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on here. So, Scott, tell us, uh, in what areas do you feel that you've improved as a defenseman? I think a lot of my biggest improvements recently have come from a lot of the offensive side of my game. Typically, been more of a bit of a defensive defenseman. So coming out and working in Princeton, biggest things have been like my skating, working on my speed, being able to like keep up with the play. My offensive instincts, just getting used to being in front of the net, getting shooting opportunities, getting better goal scoring, and just my confidence in general with the puck, being able to hold on to it, knowing when to get rid of it, but also knowing that like it's okay to skate with it and I don't just have to immediately dish it off to somebody else. Uh, so you joined the posse from the Calgary Royals AA program. I mean, how would you describe yourself as a type of player you were then compared to now? I think I was, I, I still have a lot of the game that I played with before I came here. Um, I've always been really good at reading the ice, uh, making passes. I always use the term as like a, a quarterbacking sort of player. Like breakouts were always my thing just moving the puck well and being able to read the ice relatively well. But I always, again, played a lot of my game in the defensive zone. I was always a PK specialist. I was a shot blocker and I kept to that because that's what I was good at. I never really worked outside of that frame. So when I first got here during the COVID season, I spent, I think, every single morning for about four months with our now GM, Mark McNaughton, when he was the head coach. And we would go out every morning, just me and him, and just work on my skating and my edge work and just all these different skill stuff just to improve my game. So I think a lot of the things that I've elevated since getting here has been like my shooting's gotten incredibly better, my puck handling, and just my ability to like make plays both in the offensive zone and the defensive zone. Another big thing was just getting used to the speed of Junior B because it's a huge jump from midget double-A or midget in general up to junior. So this is your final season of junior hockey. What would you like to accomplish on a team level and also personally? Team level, Tech Cup. That's been the goal from day one is taking home a championship. And then I think after that, we're looking towards Cyclone Taylor, but we're taking it one step at a time. And the first step is winning the KI. And then personally, 
I think just to continue to grow as a player and get better and also to prepare myself for college hockey and see if I can make the most out of this season to better my chances of getting seen by coaches and teams both here in Canada and down in the States and see if I can land with a good program. Switching over to talking about the team, why has the team been able to have a strong first half already that surpassed how the group performed last year? I think just a lot of guys have really bought into the like the culture that we have this year with our team. I think we've always wanted to be a team that's really tight-knit and wants to win every night. And when it really came out was after Christmas break last year, where I think to end the year we went 11, 6, and 3 compared to only having four wins in the first half of the year. And I think that culture has carried over through all of the returning guys and all the rookies and new guys that we've brought in have really just bought in and adopted that culture as soon as they've got there. And it's really allowed us to succeed this year. Well, Scott, thanks for joining me on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Face off one here by the posse here, Scott Burgess. Passing over Grady Sterling Ponick. Monik being pressured there by Cameron. Both of them will go down. There's a shot by Kler, saved there by Lewis. Here's Burgess, Burgess over here. Sean Mitchell, open chance, shot scores! Nighthawks still with the puck. They score! Percival! That went right through the glove. Third in, Nighthawks win their fourth game in a row. Seen some good teams. On Top Shelf, the KIGHL podcast, I'm talking with the head coach and general manager of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks, Terry Jones. Terry, how are you doing? Pretty good, Mark. Thanks for having me today. Uh, you know what? Uh, first off, uh, congratulations on an incredible milestone, 1,100 victories in junior hockey. Coach, uh, do you still remember your first one? Uh, poof. I don't, I don't know if I remember the first one, but I, I can certainly remember the first year, you know, struggling, struggling along that first year. I think we were six and seven at one point and, and then we, we really turned things around. I think we won 22 or something in a row at home after that and, uh, ended up with a team that won a Cyclone Taylor and it, it blurs when you've been at it a long time. And, um, just all I remember is lots of good players, lots of uh, great coaches I've worked with and, and lots of great years. Is that what you get most out of it as, as a head coach that's been around that long is, is the memories of the, the guys that have come through the system? I think when you really look at it, you, you think about, you know, it's been a long time. And I think about those guys who, you know, they're, they're members of our community now. Some of them are executive members. Some of them are coaches. Some of them are business owners and, and you just see where they are in their lives. And, and I think that's what you take a lot of satisfaction in and, and knowing that you've played a small role and helping get them where they are. But I, I also think just lots of relationships with, you know, members of our coaching staff, training staff. I mean, Hank Deadmarsh, Pat Corrado, Tom Meeks, some of the guys that been around for a long time with and uh, Paul Matucci, just those coaches that uh, you have a special relationship with and uh, spend a lot of time with on buses and stuff. So just tons of great memories. The Beaver Valley Nighthawks this year have kind of had an up and down season, but of late, last four games, you guys have been playing very, very well. What's the difference? Well, you know, I thought we had a decent start to the year, and and then we just, I, I felt like we ran through a stretch of time where we had a ton of uh, sickness 
and some injury problems and, and then also playing some really good teams. And, you know, we ran into a hot team in Revelstoke and Sycamus and, you know, when you're, when things aren't going well, you tend to start digging a little deeper and you look at what needs to get done. And I just felt our guys have really recommitted and, and really worked hard and, and, and just kind of started to buy into how we have to play. And, you know, it's coincided with some other teams, I think, having some low moments, but it's seasons full of ups and downs and just glad that, that we've been able to turn turn it around with some really good play of late. And obviously when you're winning, it begets, you know, other guys starting to feel really good about themselves. And uh, so, you know, I think we were on the backs of Connor Stojan. He, he's really been a, a catalyst for our good play and, and, and it starts with our goaltender and, and goes from there. You know, when I look at the scoring uh, around the team, you got one one player that's above one point per game. So it tells me that you're getting scoring from the whole group. Is is it really becoming a, a much more of a team win for you guys? Hundred percent. I I just feel like uh, you know we've really well we've had some good health of late. So it's like we've formed some lines that are starting to show some really good chemistry. And I think defensively we've we've really stepped up and and played harder and. And I think that, you know, one of the keys for us in the last year has been being more disciplined, you mm-hmm. know, just, just not taking out disciplined penalties and, and also being disciplined in how we play with our forecheck and, you know, and, and our shift length and, and, and those really key parts of discipline that aren't talked about. But yeah, it has been a lot of balance. Uh, everyone's making contributions and that's what happens when you're winning. Right now, Beaver Valley's third in the Neil Murdoch division and it's a tight division. You're four points out of first place. Are you a little surprised by the play of the other teams within the division? Not really. I, I really felt like Nelson was going to be a good club. You know, they were retaining some really good, some really good players who had some good success last year, and and obviously they always recruit well. Uh, they have a very good team. Uh, Grant Forks hasn't really surprised me at all. I, I've known that Dave is a is a super coach, and they're working really hard to build a good program there. And uh, so I expected them to be a top notch team and. And honestly, I felt Castlegar had a really good start early, and and they faltered of late, and, and so now uh, we'll we'll see where they get to. But um, you know, I've always felt like our division's pretty strong, and and uh, it's good to see uh, a real competitive group. Next three games are against divisional rivals. What are the keys to success if Beaver Valley wants to get all six points? Yeah, no, we, I know we. I just think we have to stick with uh, with our game plan and. I mean, I think in our losses, uh, we've struggled with Kasigar in the past. They play us tough, and Ethan Lazinski is a, a really good goaltender. And, uh, you know, so we expect it always to be tough with them. we got to stay out of the box, and i just hoping that we can just continue to build that 60-minute play, 60-minute game. And if we can stick to it for 60 minutes, I, I think we'll like our results. And But it's hockey. You just never know what's going to happen. you got to be able to respond in those tough moments and, and be resilient when, when the tough, because every game has got its share of, uh, of tough moments and got to be prepared to handle them with some composure. Terry Jones is the head coach and general manager of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks. Congratulations, coach, on 1,100 victories, and good luck on the weekend. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll continue to, to look for some good play, and thanks a lot for your support of the team in the league, Mark. Appreciate it. Broken up by the uh, Storm, Sanford, and Phillips Watts. That's Jake. Puck comes out to mid-zone where Kroon had it. And now it's a delayed offside. Wheeling it down the ice is Horner, scores! Wow, what a shot. He goes roof daddy on that, baby. 
Kamloops leads 3-2. On Top Shelf, the KIGHL podcast, I'm talking with the voice of the Kamloops Storm, Larry Reed. Uh, Larry, before we talk about what you're here to talk about, let's talk about the last week for the Kamloops Storm. Uh, three big games, got four to six points. Uh, your thought on the play of the Kamloops Storm this past week? Yeah, they're really on the upswing, and and a big reason for it, I think, Mark, is the fact they've got a number of uh, veteran players back from junior A. So obviously, general manager Matt Cole is going uh, quote all in unquote for a playoff run, and uh, having players like Devin Benson, who is the uh, KIJHL second star of the week, uh, Colton Phillip Watts back from the AJHL, and uh, some other players back that uh, that's really solidified uh, an already fairly strong team, especially on the back. And uh, aside from uh, the hiccup against uh, Sycamus uh, on Wednesday night, uh, the team's been playing very well defensively. Do you think that was just a case of too many games in too short a time? No, I think basically, and call credit to Sycamus, they took it to the storm. Uh, you know, the Sycamus is, is they're, they're a smaller team. They're fast. And uh, playing on the Olympic ice surface here in Kamloops, they really adjusted quickly to it. And uh, uh, right from the get-go, they had the the storm defense uh, off kilter and and back on their heels. We're just going to play a little clip here, and then I'm going to talk to you on the other side of the clip. Miles Matilla, Tyson Ledbun, along with Jordan Wojtas, make up this forward line for the Kelowna Chiefs. Bodies falling on the end boards. Here's Matilla. Matilla with a shot, scores! Miles Matilla turns and fires from outside the top of the circle. That clip was a cue on uh, what we're going to be uh, talking about next. Uh, Miles Matilla, you had an opportunity to interview Miles uh, last month. It was a special occasion. I think it was the 26th of November. You want to talk about the occasion first and and your interview with uh, Miles? Yes, he's an outstanding young man. I know, Mark, you've interviewed him before. Uh, he was here in town. Well, he's actually in Kamloops going to the Thompson Rivers University as he's uh, getting a master's degree in business. But uh, he uh, was here for a mental health awareness night, and uh, they were playing the, the Kelowna Chiefs, and his former team, of course. He played uh, three or four seasons with them. The Storm wore green uniforms, special green uniforms. Green, of course, the color uh, to signify mental health. And... Uh, uh, Miles was, uh, he dropped the opening puck and uh, gave a little bit of a, a talk. And then between periods, he had a, uh, a booth set up on the concourse. So he was answering questions, promoting the kids' help phone. Uh, and uh, just an outstanding individual. And uh, yeah, I got, got to sit down and, and chat with him for, for a while for uh, not only uh, uh, you guys and, and us, but also the, uh, uh, the Camel Storm podcast. And uh, I do a sports show on Radio NL 610 AM here in Kamloops, and uh, that's for that show as well. We've got a portion of that, and we're going to talk a a little bit more about uh, your interview with Miles on the back end of it. Miles, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about Mind Right for Athletes and and the Society. How did you get involved in it, and what is it? Thank you very much for having me on the podcast today. And yes, I would love to explain on what Mind Right for Athletes Society is. Um, The goal of it is to help promote wellness and positive living for young people uh, through increasing community awareness and making use of existing mental health resources. Um, For me personally, the goal was to encourage young people to be open and to engage in conversation regarding mental health. And at the time of kind of raising awareness around the age of 15, 16, 17, there's a lot of resources out in the community 
but I wanted to kind of narrow it down, kind of just have a web page uh, that was user-friendly that people could go to and learn about mental health in an easy and accessible way. What's the background story? Why do you get involved in this? Why is it so passionate for you? Um, I would have to say uh, mine rights really passionate and mental health is really uh, dear to me because uh, I had a close friend that was going through a tough time and there wasn't um, a particular resource that we could go to or seek support at the time. Um, So for me, I wanted to create a platform that individuals could go to and learn about mental health. And it can be a starting point to access, access information on where to look for support and to make sure that they're getting the help that they need. When you started this initiative, you were playing junior hockey and major midget hockey uh, at the time. Do you think when you did start that your age might have been a detriment because people looked at you and went, here's this you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old kid trying to uh, tell us about uh, mental health and, and, and that sort of thing? I, I, I do believe there's two ends of the spectrum. Uh, for example, if we take the positives, it's great to see a young individual uh, that was promoting mental health at a young age, talking um, and raising awareness around the subject. But yes, as you mentioned, there has been barriers and it maybe sometimes worked against me because uh, trying to reach or kind of make sure that to collaborate with resources, well, it's hard to take a kid seriously, but when you're really passionate about a subject and wanting to make sure to kind of raise more awareness around the topic and try to uh, help people for the greater good, um, I think overall it was, for the most part, it it was a really good experience. I didn't have too many challenges or barriers, um, but there is definitely kind of being a male, playing hockey, going to school, but I think it was a good learning lesson uh, and it, it showed other people that I was able to uh, go to school, play hockey and do mental health initiatives. So it was, I was not being a role model per se, but it just kind of uh, showed people that you are able to achieve multiple things if you set your mind to it uh, along with time management. Um, from those skills, I believe like by playing hockey, uh, in major midget in the KIJHL really showed me and developed my uh, characteristics and uh, key skills to help me along with the future. Because I would have to say, if I didn't play sports and just went to school uh, solely, and um, I, I feel like that would be a lack of foundation, in my opinion, because playing hockey really gave me the skills for the future to balance everything. Um, but overall, I'm just really fortunate to have the opportunity um, to be able to uh, raise awareness for mental health. Miles, was there ever a point, and especially when it comes to the the hockey community as a whole, that uh, it, it got a little frustrating for you, as we, we've seen in other other issues surrounding hockey, that they seem to be uh, not uh, very welcoming in terms of, of change or, or opening up uh, uh, new avenues for ideas and stuff like that. Were there, were there ever a point that uh, you, you got fr- kind of frustrated about the whole thing? Uh, well, I think with anything, when you're trying to implement any type of initiative, there is um, kind of barriers that will be kind of that you will have to overcome. Uh, for me, over the years, to like have a mental health awareness game, 
uh, started in Prince George, had one in Kelowna, and the most recent one in Kamloops uh, with the Kamloops storm. Uh, for that, it's I, I believe just creating a foundation is probably the most difficult part, and at least throughout the years. And now it's a lot easier because I kind of have a clear expectation and on uh, know what to do. But definitely at first, just to propose the idea of to get jerseys for mental health and um, there's an X amount of dollars for this budget. Uh, but I do believe in my opinion, it would be uh, for the greater good. Um, sometimes there might be uh, teams or individuals that wouldn't really say, Oh, why would we just get jerseys for one or two games throughout the year? That doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, but I believe that it's more around the message uh, regarding mental health and especially bringing community resources, let's say if you bring in uh, Canadian Mental Health Association, Foundry, uh, kids Help Phone, resources to the game and raise awareness around mental health, that is a unique event that you don't see throughout the year. Um, so overall, it has been challenging for sure, but I'm just really fortunate that I've had great support systems uh, on my both my parents have been supporting me along the way, along with my mental health initiatives. I know Trevor Sprague and Prince George, Colin Chiefs, and also recently Matt Cole with the Camelon Storm. Uh, just super thankful that I'm still able to continue uh, these mental health awareness games with their support. Back on Top Shelf, the KIGHL podcast, I'm talking with Larry Reed, the voice of the Camelon Storm, who interviewed, as you just heard, Miles Matilla. And that's only a portion of the interview. You know, I, I can tell you this, and, and you know only too well, he asks, answers the question so well that you, you just automatically follow up with another question. And pretty soon, you thought what was going to be a 10-minute interview is a 20-minute interview. He's just that interesting. We only heard a portion of it. When can fans hear the rest of that interview? Well, on the Camel Storm podcast, which you can link, uh, here's a gratuitous plug for me, uh, yeah, you can link onto it. It's on Spotify and stuff, yeah. but the easiest way is just to link uh, onto the, the Storm website. It'll be on there uh, during the holidays. It'll also be on in, on during the holidays on my uh, sports show, uh, which is called Sports Scene on NL. And you can access that by uh, uh, SoundCloud or going to the uh, NL610 website, and there'll be a link there as well. Uh, on your radio NL show, uh, what when does that air? It re- airs live on uh, Saturday and Sunday mornings. It's... Uh, uh, from 7 to 7.30 on the Saturday morning, and then on Sunday morning it runs about uh, 9 o'clock from 9 to 9.30. So you can check it live or anytime uh, by just going to their website because it's on there in, in perpetuity, as it were. So uh, we can expect to hear that uh, rest of that Miles Matilla interview uh, during the holiday season. Definitely. Larry, thank you so much. Larry Reed is the voice of the Kamloops Storm. Thank you again for doing this. Always a pleasure. This remains... A five-on-four power play for another minute 20 for the Asoyuz Coyotes. Turned over there. Here's Matilla in shorthanded. Matilla to the backhand. Hat-trick goal. Miles Matilla. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Our thanks this week to broadcasters Justin McCartney, Dawson McFarlane, Kevin DeLoom, John Coots, and Larry Reed. His podcast is called Kamloops Storm, and you can find it on the website or do what I do and subscribe to it on Spotify. In the latest episode, Larry and Chad Helleman talk with players Brandon Toy and Ty Horner. 
We'd also like to thank KIJHL Director of Communications, Emmanuel Sequera, Beaver Valley Head Coach and General Manager, Terry Jones, Scott Burgess from the Princeton Posse, and a stick tap to Hockey TV, which brings our players closer to their families and friends back home. I'm Mark Berry. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. We're back in seven days, hopefully with a voice. Thank you for joining us.